message you're about listening to is a sermon by Bishop George Ajiman, the General Overseer of Winnish Chapel, Ghana. Be encouraged, inspired, and uplifted as he brings the word of life to your spirit and soul. Praise the Lord. So, I want to bring a message that I have titled, Love, Love, L-O-V-E, Love. Because we are celebrating the resurrection of love. We are celebrating the greatest gift of love that man can ever experience. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3 verse 16 that God so loved the world that he gave. So love is a giving force. Love is a giving force. What is love? It is a giving force. However you understand the word love, if it does not commit you to give, then you haven't seen love. If you want to write it, write it properly. Love is a giving force. However you understand the concept of love, if it does not commit you to give, then you haven't seen love. When a young man demands of a young lady sex before marriage, it's not love. It's lust. For the young man to demand, you know that he doesn't love you because love gives. Love does not demand from. Amen. Love, the giving force. And I want to read a passage in the scripture that exemplifies love. In fact, somewhere close to what the Lord Jesus Christ did. But in the context of not going to hang on the cross to die. That is why I chose this passage. Because when we talk about Christ, it ended up in giving up of his ghost. Literally dying. But in our days, God is not expecting us to literally die in our physical bodies. But there are things we do that will equate the literal death. That is why I chose this passage. Now let's look at it in the Gospel of St. Mark. The Gospel of St. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. We read from verse 41. 
Mark 12, 41. Now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Please listen. Look at where God places value when it comes to monetary issues. Sometimes people totally misunderstand the concept of giving. Sometimes people are carried away by the quantum, the volume of money. But God has never been impressed by the quantum. For instance, somebody drops 1,000 Ghana cities in the offering bucket and another person drops 20 Ghana cities in the offering bucket, the general assumption and conclusion we will all draw is that the person who gave the 1,000 gave the most. Is that not so? But that could be totally wrong. So God does not look at the quantum. God looks at the spirit and considers all the factors that the person is in. That is why verse 41 finishes with, and many who were rich put in much. Of course, what else will they do? Because they are rich, they will put in much. Much relative to others who have put in little. Verse 42, see the contrast of riches and poverty. Verse 42, then one poor widow, say one poor widow. See, that is the contrast between this poor widow and then many who were rich. Two extreme ends. Verse 42, then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrant. Let's, let's bring it to Ghanaian currency. Maybe then one poor widow came in and threw in, do we have one Pessoa coin? We have one Pessoa coin. Good. The woman came and he dropped one Pessoa coin. Honestly, honestly, sincerely. Between you and me, 27th March, 2016. One Pessoa is valueless. True or false? One Pessoa is valueless. When you go to the mall and you go to stand at the cashier's place, and they give you change of persuasion. They have put a box there. Is that not so? 
And what they are saying is, why, why bother yourself carrying all these things? Just drop it here. And you have been dropping. So you know the value of one person. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now this poor widow came and dropped two pesos. Let's put it there. Then one poor widow came and threw in two pesos. Verse 43. So Jesus called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. Why did Jesus Christ come to that conclusion? Why? I mean, what will two pesos buy? Even me, whenever coins come to my hands, there is a place I pack them. And when my children are looking for money to buy credit and they can't ask me, there are places they go to to see if some coins have come to lie down there. And ever since I have been putting, the coins have not been increasing. <laughs> have not been increasing. And for the children, since I have also never asked before, it has become one channel of credit buying for their phone. Amen. Because I don't buy credit for my children. I buy the phone for them so that when I call them, they will answer. Not for them to make call. If you think you are grown enough to make a call, then pay for your call. Amen. But we see this. I, I, I'm taking my time so that you can think about it. Jesus called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assured, that is with all divine assurance, there is no miscalculation here. I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. And then he explains in verse 44. For they all together put in out of their abundance. You have never seen a rich man give so that out of his giving, he became poor. Have you ever seen one before? That a rich man, no matter what level of, is so driven by giving that he has given, now he has become poor. It doesn't happen. But Jesus Christ is demonstrating something here. He said, for they all put in out of their abundance, but she, 
out of her poverty put in all that she had her whole livelihood. Tell me which man will give and give his livelihood out. Ask me who is bishop. Have I given my livelihood out before? Oh yes, I've done it. I don't even know how I lived, but I've, I've done it before. There, there, there comes a time you empty yourself of yourself. That after that, you just sit down and say, Asa, it is finished. And Jesus Christ got to that point in his life that he gave and gave that at a point when he hung on the cross, he said, Asa. The one they say very long in English is just Asa. It is finished. There is nothing else to give. And today, God is calling believers to that commitment. Amen. Don't forget I said love. If it does not move you to the point where you will make a commitment to give, it is not love. Amen. Let's look at this passage, the anchor of my message. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. That is the anchor of this morning's message. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich. Yet, for your sakes, he became poor. That you, through his poverty, might become rich. Amen. For you know. You don't have to be preached to. You know. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that even though he was rich, how do we classify and quantify the riches of God? In Philippians chapter 2, we are told that he that was equal with God but did not count himself as such. The riches of Jesus Christ is not quantified monetarily. The riches of Jesus Christ is summed up in his personality and in his character and in, in who he is. 
if the Bible says the earth is the Lord's, then we equally say that the earth is Jesus's. Is that right? And yet, here is God that for your sakes, that's what the scripture is saying, for your sakes chose to come to this world to be born as a mere human being. Look at what he had to forsake so that you can have an opportunity to be reconciled back to God. And that is what the scripture is saying. For this one, you know. How can you be a believer and you don't know that Jesus Christ came and stood in your place of death? You know. And that is what the apostle is saying here. He says, for you know, you don't have to be preached to. You don't need any exhortation on this. That Jesus Christ, the second person in the Trinity, when God was creating man, he called on Jesus, say, now let us. So he is a co-creator of man. But for your sakes, he left that place and became as you and I to the extent that a human being could spit on him, to the extent that they could take a whip and then lay it on him. You know, don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? Yeah, your no is too weak. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This verse reveals the story of Christ from riches to poverty. But then, this passage also tells the story of every believer from poverty to riches. We know that even though he was rich, he became poor so that in his poverty, you and I might become rich. So it is a verse that is talking about Jesus Christ from his riches to his poverty. But then it is also the story telling us of every believer from their poverty state into the state of their riches. Amen. Don't exempt yourself because you did not exempt yourself when Christ left his riches to become poor. 
you identified that is why you are born again. That is why you are enjoying the benefits. Christ is revealed in the verse, so also are you and I. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. The verse begins by saying, for you know. I've been dwelling on that. The word for, starting the verse 9, for you know. The for links us to the previous verse, verse 8. It's a continuation of the verse 8. All right? And what does the verse 8 say? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. It says, I speak not by commandment. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your what? I'm testing the sincerity of your love. So today, you didn't know you were coming to write a test. But you will write the test before you go home. Amen. He said, I am testing the sincerity of your love. If truly you love. What is the test of sincerity? You don't need to be commanded. In this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 8, is talking about the giving of the Macedonian church to the church in Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us that the Macedonian church, out of their poverty, gave and even beyond. Out of their poverty. And I likened it to the passage that I read in Mark about the widow. All right? When there isn't anything around at all, and yet you are moved to give. That is the picture that is being captured here. The Macedonian church gave. The woman who put in the two mites gave. And in this verse, he says, you know. You know already the basis of the giving. The basis of the giving is that somebody has given his all. That in his giving, he has even become poor. Amen. So now I stand before the congregation of the saints on this day. And I'm saying unto you, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know how rich he was. 
But for your sake and for my sake, he became poor, that out of his poverty, you and I might become rich. So I don't even have to command you to give. No, 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 no. I don't have to command you to give anything at all. All I need to, you to do is to show you the basis of where you are sitting and why you are sitting where you are. It's just for me to point you to the equation, how one side has already been fulfilled and how you also need to complete the other side. I don't need to preach to you. Instead of preaching to you, instead of commanding you to do it, I would rather show you what Christ has done. And that in itself should be strong enough to convince you. Of course, if you were not convinced, you won't be sitting here. So rather than doing it because I command it, I would rather that you do it because you see Christ illustrated. The illustration of Christ is the best illustration there is in love. That is why we are told John 3.16 is the most popular verse of scripture all over the world because it, it, it illustrates the love and the extent of love God has for mankind. For God so loved that he gave. Amen. What I'm saying is this. The giving of Jesus Christ provides a greater incentive and motivation than the command of the apostle. Once I'm able to show you the extent to which Christ gave, it is in itself enough. And so today, I encourage every one of us here to be motivated by what Christ has done for us with his life. What Christ has done for us in our everyday lives when we look at what Christ has done for us, it should motivate us to also respond accordingly. Amen. Let me begin to wind up. John chapter 15 and verse 12. John chapter 15 verse 12. Jesus Christ says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus, who loved you, is now asking you to love. And in verse 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That is the extent to which he went. He says, no one can do anything greater than this. Greater love has no one than this, 
than to lay down one's life for his friends. Brethren, we have been empowered in this convention. We have been given dominion. Now we must demonstrate this in our finances also. We need dominion in our finances. We must rule and take authority. And we do that by following the example of Christ. He gave his all. He gave his life. And like the apostle said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, he says, But as you abound in everything, we have exhorted you to abound in faith. You have responded in faith. As you have abounded in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. See that you abound in this grace also. What is that grace? The grace of giving. To what extent? Of giving your all. Amen. And it is my prayer that you and I, we will do likewise today. Before we rise, let me just throw in this reminder. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Many of us came to this convention with our requests and many pronouncements have gone on from this altar here. Whatever projects you have begun, tie it to what God is doing in this place. And as you respond, God will do your own for you. All I am asking today, tie your giving today to what Christ has given you. All right? Appreciate what he has given you. As for what else is coming, if you have Christ, you have all. Amen. Today you are asking for a house. When you finish building the house, you will still ask for something. True or false? Today you are asking for a husband. One year after marriage, you will ask for a child. Amen. When you have a child, one year later you will be asking, so am I going to have a lone child? You will ask for a second child. You will never stop. When you grow to become 60, 
and your first child gets to 28, you start praying again. Won't you start praying again? Lord, a husband for my daughter. And when your daughter marries, you will continue praying. Won't you start praying? Lord, how can I be 60 and I don't have a grandchild? As for the prayer, you will pray. Don't ever think that this thing you are hooking on God now is the end of your prayer. <laughs> you too know that it's not the end. Amen. So I'm not going to ask you to tie your giving to anything. I'm going to ask you to tie the reception of the love of God in your life. He gave his all. What can I give in return? That's all. <laughs> yes. You want to build a house? Yes. You want to buy a car? Yes. You want to marry? Yes. You have started a project. You want to complete it? Yes. What again? Yes. In fact, the one you cannot ask now. Yes. After that, what? Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why won't you put your heart where Christ is? That is the safest place to be. Amen. Back to 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. Let me highlight one word. For you know the grace. I want to talk a bit about the grace. He says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace. 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 When it comes to giving, everything free will is grace giving. If it is grace, then it is not even a duty. If it is grace, then it is not an obligation. If it is grace, then it is not even a fixed percentage. No. If it is grace, then it is not a tithe. Tithe is not given by grace. Tithe is given by command. If it is grace, then it is a spontaneous giving. If it is grace, then it is whatever comes out of the heart. If it is grace, then you are not even compelled. If it is grace, then you cannot even give grudgingly because you give out of your heart. If it is grace, then it is not given out of necessity. If it is grace, it is given because we will to give. Amen. We will. I want to give. Christ gave. What was Christ expecting from you and I? Because the Bible makes us understand. Whilst we were sinners, that is when he died for us. 
Is God now going to be envious with our brother that came to share the testimony? Is it now I have companies spreading the, the Ghana? I have, I have employed hundreds of people. I, I used to sleep in vehicles in the market. Now I come from my own house. Is Jesus Christ going to be envious of him? Is Jesus Christ going to be envious of him? It is because he knew Jesus. That is why his position has changed. So, so is Jesus now going to say, eh, is it because you are having a house? That, that is why you think, I... hallelujah, amen. Jesus Christ gave out of love. He gave out of mercy. He gave out of grace. He gave out of kindness. He just had mercy on us. The giving of Jesus Christ of himself was an unmerited. We didn't merit it. God didn't bless you so that you can say, I have. He blessed you so that you can be positioned as a channel of blessing. Amen. So thank God that you are among those that don't have a need. But much more, you are the first person that should stand here. Because Christ has a need, and he wants you to fill it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right? The giving of Christ is an unmerited, spontaneous kindness to undeserving sinners that came from an uninfluenced love. When Jesus Christ said, I must go to Jerusalem. Peter said, there's trouble in Jerusalem. You won't go. And then he rebuked the devil that wanted to derail. Nobody put pressure on Jesus Christ, but he gave his life. Amen. It is this action of the Savior that defines grace giving at its highest. Will you also give by grace? Thank you for listening to this sermon by Bishop George Ajuman. We hope you have been blessed. To get more of this podcast, log on to our website, www.winnersghana.org. You can also follow his handle at Bishop George Ajuman on Facebook and SoundCloud. God richly bless you.